battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to the show, you know I appreciate it. So uh, just a quick reminder that 2020 sucks. And um, I hate this year, and I am really fatigued by all the challenges, personally and professionally. Uh, I could I could just use a win, and uh, I don't really see one on the horizon just yet. So, uh, if you're in kind of a similar position, realize that we're all going to get through this. Uh, it's going to suck. <laughs> it's like the, the, you know, it's not going to stop sucking for a while. But once we get through this. We're going to be like made of iron. So next year when we look back at all the different things we had to overcome and all the different improvements we've made in our lives and in our shops, I think we'll be proud of the, the work we put in. But while we're putting in that work, uh, it's kind of miserable. So, But I, I'm right there with you if, uh, if you're kind of feeling a bit downtrodden. So in New Hampshire, uh, we are not permitted to offer any piercings uh, on the nose or the mouth, anything that would be covered by a face mask. And I think that's pretty commonplace for a lot of the areas that are already reopening for body piercing. If your state isn't open, uh, start thinking about it now because you might have to make a difficult decision. If they don't explicitly ban you from doing piercings on the nose or the mouth, are you going to uh, willingly choose to do those? Even though a CDC recommendation would be that people are wearing a mask when they're in public, which includes your tattoo and piercing facility. So... Uh, I get to kind of fall back on my state regulations that uh, explicitly say no nose, no mouth. So it's easy for me to kind of hold that up to a client uh, and and say, we can't do this because we're not allowed to do this. Um, It's a little bit tricky in my area because I know that other shops are bending or breaking those rules. uh, And it's kind of frustrating being the shop that says no when other shops say yes. And just, you know, seeing all that money just go out the door especially in a time where there's not a lot of other money coming in right now, so it's it's difficult. If you're in a state where you have a little bit of leeway, think about the reasoning as to why you're offering those services. Is it just because you need the income? Um, are you conscious of the fact that there's a potential safety risk? And I don't want to sound like uh, a hypocrite because I, I know down the road there'll be a point where I have to make the decision to start offering nose and mouth piercings again. Once that restriction is lifted in New Hampshire, I'm going to have to make that that tough decision. Um, Is this something that I feel is safe or unsafe? I don't have a a perfect answer on it. Um, I have a lot of frustration. Uh, My guest this week is my Canadian friend, Lee Horton, and... A lot of Canadians are running into an additional struggle, uh, being told you can't offer a nose or a mouth piercing, justifiable when it comes to uh, wearing a face mask, but some of those Canadian piercers are also now dealing with restrictions against ear piercing, which is just bananas to me. Uh, So Lee talks a lot about that. A lot of hard work is is being done by Canadian piercers to engage their local health authorities and, and ask questions. Okay, well, why? 
is this banned? Do you have data to show a, a valid reason as to why? Here is maybe my, my counter argument. Uh, I, I think that these can be done safely, and, and here's why. Uh, it's really important to understand how to effectively communicate with the health authority, with your health department, with your local council, with your governing body. Because if you're just going to scream and say, like, we want to be able to do whatever we want, uh, that's probably not going to be very effective. You might not be able to convince someone of your, your point of view. But if you can talk to them, bring them data, uh, there, there are a lot of great examples that, that Lee makes in this interview uh, to, to illustrate that. So if you're, if you're in a spot where you're frustrated by these regulations and by these new rules, you want to engage your, your health authorities. Uh, you want to start a, a back and forth. You want to start a conversation with them. You don't want to just have an argument, and you definitely do not want to uh, blatantly go breaking those rules because that's not really going to show you as being uh, a safe professional. If the, the health department is telling you, okay, well, you know, you can't do a tattoo on a 10-year-old, you're not going to have the same mentality of being like, well, I really want that money for tattooing 10-year-olds, so I'm just going to do it. But then at the same time, some piercers are saying like, I know I've been told to not do a nose piercing, but I really need the money for a nose piercing, so I'm going to do a nose piercing. So you really have to kind of think about your your reasoning and, and your motivation when it comes to this stuff. But it's a great conversation with Lee Horton. Uh, based in Ontario, Canada, talking about some of the struggles, some of the progress, and just a, a great conversation about wearing masks and what's appropriate and inappropriate. So I uh, hope you enjoy this conversation, and I'll be back a bit more at the end. My name is Lee Horton. I work at Legacy Tattoo in London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, my Instagram is Lee underscore Horton, um, and then obviously Facebook is just my name, Lee Horton. I wanted to I wanted to talk to somebody about problems with with health departments and stuff because uh, I think a lot of us have kind of shared experiences right now where the the people who are either just opening up or just going back to work are dealing with restrictions and protocols that were maybe written by people that have no experience of our industry. Uh, so some of the restrictions make total sense. Some of the restrictions don't at all make sense and um, from my limited contact like in the the Canadian piercer forum uh, I've been seeing that you were kind of slapped or like wide sections of Canada were slapped with a restriction against ear piercing which maybe to someone outside of our industry makes sense because you know a lot of face masks or ear loop so I can totally get nose and mouth but the ear thing it completely escapes me so so talk about that like when did you find out about that restriction and are you are you actively open right now uh yeah we're open um we opened officially on this last monday so it would be the 15th mm -hmm. uh, of june uh 2020 for anybody who's listening to this in the far future um we were given just the the mandate that like anything underneath the mask can't be worked on so mm. mouth oral piercings nose piercings septum piercings um and then we took it a little bit further just be like okay let's just not do anything on the face so like eyebrow piercings bridge piercings which honestly we're not doing a ton of those anyways the sure. biggest hit is the nostril piercing yeah um but it was fine. Like at that point, I'm like, okay, I will give up this. I understand. I understand that, right? Like I'm not. I don't want to put myself at risk or somebody else at risk for a nostril piercing. 
as much money as they make me. So then we were like, okay, so we got ear piercings, we got majority of body piercing, all that kind of stuff, fine. Um, and then a week went by, and then stuff started popping up around the Canadian piercer um, forum mm-hmm. about other piercers in Ontario that had heard uh, through their contacts with their health department that they're going to be uh, rewriting it so that ear piercings are also not involved either. Mm. Um, and it was all kind of like hearsay for a little bit. Obviously, they're getting their information from reliable sources, all that kind of stuff, but nothing had been set in stone. Um, and then there was something set in stone. So there was like an email blast or, or, or they basically they didn't even email everybody. They just basically changed what they already had as their protocols on the website. So they weren't going to let us know that they were doing this until I guess they caught us doing it. So um, what, what kind of what kind of health authority do you have in Ontario? Uh, Ontario has the uh, provincial health. So um, and then each and then there's regional health. Uh, so we have like Middlesex, London, which would be our region. People like uh, Deakin uh, have um, Waterloo Health. I think Gord is I don't know if it's Niagara St. Catharines Health. I'm not sure what even the region is called that he's in, but I'm assuming it's Niagara region. Um, but everybody has different separate health boards all under the umbrella of Ontario Health kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I would assume they report back to Canada Health, but far be it for me to know how far down the, the rabbit hole it goes. So I I basically just talked to my regional health board about the ear piercing stuff. And I was like, I don't understand how this is different than like a barber or hairdresser. Like they're allowed to be open and cut around people's ears. But we're not allowed to like, I would say that those people are spending way more time close to somebody than I am during a piercing procedure. Sure. I also, I also just don't understand where the health risk comes in. Are, are, do they do they justify it by saying like, well, to be able to properly perform the ear, you'd have to maybe potentially remove the ear loop, which would make it a vulnerability with the with the mouth. Like, what, did they give you any justification at all, or did it? It feels no. like it was just kind of pulled out of the air. It feels like that too, and I mean that's part of the email that I sent to them. I was like, I feel like you're making rules and regulations without consulting any of the industry or understanding our processes in Mm -hmm. the first place. And obviously I tried to say it as non dickish as I could to them. Cause I don't want to like, that's the thing with talking to your health board. You can't just like come out of the bat and be like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like how dare you try to regulate my industry? It's Mm -hmm. so pristine and beautiful and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You gotta be like, Hey, let's try to educate each other, find a middle ground see where like the actual risk lies in these types of situations and mm-hmm. go from there right so our health board's actually pretty good and and they they converse with us all the time we've had new health board people come to our studio to be trained on how to inspect a tattoo studio properly all that kind of stuff which has been obviously nice but you just gotta have like a, a talk to them like a person not like an overlord Right. They're not they probably don't want to shut you down. Maybe some of them do. But for the most part, they just want to try to do their job and make sure that everything's good. Everybody's being healthy. I don't know the reasoning behind it, like the ear loop thing or 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 why the ear piercing thing came up. I think it's because they thought we were spending a lot of time face to face Mm because I think they're thinking of an ear piercing the way that like Claire's is doing ear piercings. Right. Right. Where they're like like very very like close to your face and like the front of your face whereas in an actual piercing studio majority of us are piercing people like with their heads turned to the side so like we're not breathing at each other right like, well and when you're also going to be wearing 
the, the practitioner is going to be wearing PPE. And yeah. Are, are you doing any sort of like face shield, eye protection, anything like that? We have face shields and uh, aprons and um, sleeves, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I would imagine that they just don't really understand the, the process because I think that that's one of the bigger obstacles right now. Uh, I I had an issue with... Uh, with with nostrils, I you know I I'm I'm on an advisory board for for my state, and uh, when they when they issued the protocol saying you know nothing under a mask, the nose and the mouth, I definitely had this reaction of like, how can you do that? That's that's my my main income would be nostril piercings. That's my number yeah. one service, and it was it was from like a really selfish point of view because it was like. I won't be able to make money. Like the, yeah. the safety side of it didn't really come into it because I had that same kind of hubris that a lot of other people had thinking like, but I'm so clean. I'm, yeah. I'm an APP member. I'm a, I'm a body piercer. I'm so clean. You know, I'm going to wear a mask and how could I possibly create a selfie, blah, 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 blah. You know? So, um, I, I wrote a letter for, uh, to, to my health panel saying, all right, these are, these are some of the arguments that I would like to maybe present to the, the reopening task force so that maybe when we get to the next phase, they'll remove that restriction on nostrils. And as soon as I sent it, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Don't don't send this to them. Don't push this. Like, let's have a conversation with, with like, the advisory panel. And uh, then they, they came back to me and they were like, well... You know, we're we're gonna go ahead and make that recommendation because it's it's not up to us anyway. It's just it's up to the public health office, which is a completely different thing. Mm. Where their their only thought process is like people's health and safety. Like they don't care about the income. Like they're 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 kind of looking at it impartially, but again, not as like experts. So uh, and on one side, it's like, well, if they would let me do no services, maybe that would be good for income. But like. Do I even want to be doing that stuff right now? You know, and I, right. I, I just don't think that even if it was legal and available to me, I still don't think that I would feel comfortable asking someone to even partially remove their mask. Like, you know, yeah. maybe it can cover their mouth, but not their nose. And it's like, why, why am I doing Which this? Makes and, it useless in the first place. Yeah, it's like if yeah. I'm, if my only thought process as to why I'm doing this is financially driven, I shouldn't be making that that thought process. No. Especially, like, if you have other avenues, maybe they're not as lucrative as everything else. And obviously having every piercing that you could possibly do available to you is um, the way that we want it to be. Yeah. But being as we're going through a pandemic right now, um, we should be able to be a little bit more flexible to a point, which is when they took, like, when they were talking about taking ear piercings away, I was like, okay, like, I can't bend to this right Mm -hmm. like that means i can do nipples navel surface piercings genital work right that's it that's i could do four types of like broadly four types of piercings and uh that's it and i can't live off that you're taking you took the face away which i understood if you're taking the ears away you're effectively taking 85 90 percent of my ability to make income away Mm mm-hmm so why am I even open in the first place? I would have rather remained closed. Yeah. Right? And continued. I know that the States has different things with people not getting money and stuff. But in Canada, we were getting um, Canada emergency benefits, right? Like the CERB. Um, so we get $2,000 a month for not being able to work if our job is impacted by COVID. And if I wasn't able to do my job, I would rather be off and be still collecting that. But since they told me to open, I now can no longer apply for that. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar spot because uh, we closed, and then thankfully, you know, my my state has been really great. Uh, lots of benefits for unemployment, and and they opened up unemployment benefits to lots of different classifications of workers that that weren't you know pre- previously eligible for it. I got assistance with uh, uh, like a, a payroll protection type grant thing where I could kick some money to my staff like when I when I got towards reopening. Uh, so all that stuff was great, and um, you know the the protocols went out and said, hey, you can reopen. So I, I pulled my people back in. So they they dropped their unemployment to to come back to work, and you know they were getting bonuses and all this stuff. And now I'm looking at potential income if you remove nostrils, uh, septums, and then all the various jewelry changes that can go with those piercings. If I'm yeah. if I'm removing that income. Um, now I have to start thinking of like, well, what can I afford to pay my staff going forward long term? What kind of hours am I even going to need them here? Am I paying them to just sit around and like clean everything every five minutes, which isn't you know a bad thing, but it's like, how can I really justify that expense if I don't have the income? So yes, it's this exactly. pressure situation, and and I'm not in a precarious situation where I'm worried about my my shop closing you know or or financial ruin or something like that and i can't i can only imagine the shops out there where they feel a lot more financial pressure uh especially in a state where we don't have health inspectors we don't have studio licenses we don't have a reason for the health department to walk through the door unless someone submits a formal complaint so right i'm already starting to get those those clients that message me and say like oh yeah i want to come in and, and do a nostril piercing and i say well we can't do that because of such and such and they're like oh but this shop's doing it and this shop's doing it and this shop's doing it. So now I have to kind of like slowly go broke because I'm following the rules, you know? It's really frustrating. I think that's life though, isn't it? Slowly going broke because you're following the rules. I I guess, yeah. (laughs) I just don't know. I don't know where we go from here because realistically, this isn't going to end next month or even probably by the end of this year. So, uh... It's tough, you know, just just like with with the mask rules. I don't know how absurd it is in Canada, but in the U.S., I'm sure you see it on the news. It's absurd. <laughs> Some people are like, I absolutely don't want to leave my house without a mask, and other people are like, I would rather die than wear a mask. Literally, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> now they're pro-choice. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, it's it's the mask stuff in Canada. It's, I mean. Especially, I live in southwestern Ontario, right? So that's, like, basically America. It's, like, the most America, Canada that we could possibly get. (laughs) Um, So we have, yeah, the people that are, like, steadfast, will not wear masks, all that kind of, like, going out in a grocery store and, like, or anywhere in public. I always wear a mask because I, I don't know, I care about other people. It's crazy. Uh, (laughs) Oh. But, like. You see people other, and I'm not going to give them snide looks or anything, but I'm getting snide looks because I'm wearing a mask. Yeah. And I'm like, you're giving me a snide look because you feel bad, not because you think I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Right? You see me doing it, and you think, whoa, that means that he thinks that I should be doing it, and I don't really care. Like, I think that everybody probably should be wearing masks when they go out in the public because it's an easy thing to do that protects us and gets all of this over with quickly. Right. Like it decreases the amount of transmission and perhaps maybe the virus can burn itself out if it's not being spread. Right. Because that's how I think that that's how you would actually make a valid argument to a public health commission saying, all right, we have 
these incredibly low uh, documented cases, uh, our hospitals are, are operating uh, under capacity. You know, it's it's not a significant risk right now. So, you know, could we have the flexibility to maybe do jewelry changes if, if we needed to or something like that? But it's like we're never going to be able to make those arguments and have them be listened to by the public health. No. If, if people can't just, I don't know, slow this stuff down, just wear a goddamn... How is it that difficult to wear it's, to wear a face mask? Like I don't understand where the tyranny comes into it because people are asking. It's like when you go out in public and you cough or sneeze and you just like you 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 know you sneeze into your arm. Like people aren't just walking up and just like blatantly sneezing directly into your face. Like I don't understand where common courtesy has gone in the last three months. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. Obviously, but uh, I think it just comes down to the fact that people don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. At any point, regardless of if it's good for them or other people. And I mean, more and more throughout the world, people are becoming, um, I don't want to say more selfish, but more like self-imposed for like their own um, comfort and priorities. Sure. So like, I mean, that's I mean, that's capitalism as a whole, right? Like I want to make more money so that I can have more money, not so that I can help other people have more money. Mm hmm. Um, so do I want to wear a mask because I'm being told I want to wear to, to wear a mask? No, I want to wear a mask because I'm being told that 120,000 Americans are dead in three months. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I, I want to wear a mask because I want to start piercing nostrils again. Yeah. Right. Then if that's the way to do it, then that's the way to do it. And I want to wear a mask cause I want to go back to going to concerts and stuff. Right. Like. I want to do all these things again, so I don't understand where where everybody gets like the it's it's a me against them kind of situation for them. Yeah. Like it's it's an us against it. It's not mm -hmm. a you against them. Right. Like everybody's fighting the same battle here. Like nobody's immune to well, some people are immune to this, but very few people. So what what's your thought process when you see people posting uh, fresh? nostril and septum piercings currently because i i see that there are piercers that i really like and they're they're sharp piercers and they're you know they've got statums and nice jewelry and you know their certificates on the wall but like they're posting nostril piercings and they're posting pictures of them not wearing a face mask while they're working and you know standing right next to a client and smiling for an instagram picture and it's like you, you don't you don't see the potential safety risk with that yeah um i mean my opinion on that is my opinion on most things like i can only control what i do mm -hmm. i can't control what other people do would i do that hell no like even if our health board was like you could pierce nostrils like coming out of this like into phase two or whatever i would have been like let's hold off on nostrils for a bit mm -hmm. right like i still would have been that way especially about i mean i love piercing nostrils too they're so fun everybody always has a good time it's amazing right like but do I need to pierce a nostril right now in this current climate? No. And I don't think anybody really does. But at the same time, I don't know that it's because they're purposefully being um, naive or, or nefarious about it. I don't think that they're like, well, I'm going to pierce a nostril because I can do it and, and I will be COVID free while piercing this nostril. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just like maybe some misinformation maybe on their part or they just haven't actually sat down and thought about it. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the key factors is people don't believe that it will affect them. They think yeah. that it's affecting somebody on the news or that it's just affecting the elderly or, or something like that. And that it's not like it's not going to affect me. I have a statum. 
I, yes. I, I use Optum, you know, like how could it, po- you know, uh, yeah. it's going to affect you. Yes. And young people are not immune to this sort of thing, right? Like, I mean, I have already have respiratory problems from having pneumonia a few times, right? So, I mean, I'm at more risk of having permanent damage, but there's absolutely healthy people that have re- been reported after contracting COVID and getting sick and getting over it that they have permanent damage in their lungs. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, some of them need lung transplants after they've recovered. Right. So it's it's rough. But I mean, that's you got to people can only know what information they've learned. If you see one information and it confirms your bias, you might not want to look any deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I think this way I found this article that also thinks this way. I'm done. Yeah. I don't have to look for anything else. I think that's kind of. That that's kind of what's happening when it comes to people posting this stuff on Instagram. You know, uh, something that I've been trying to be vocal about when it comes to like the APP social media or something is like if you're posting fresh, you know, if you're posting pictures of nostril piercings or septum piercings, um, have some sort of disclaimer that says this was done six months ago. This yeah. is healed. This isn't yeah. a new thing. You know, we do suggest masks for clients and practitioners and, you know, trying to put that out there because like you said, if, if, uh, if a piercer, if piercer A sees piercer B posting a new nose piercing, that's going to kind of reinforce their bias and say like, well, you know, they're doing it. Why can't I do it? I, I'm yeah. just as clean as this person. I think we all kind of need to start to kind of hone in on that, uh, that message of like, this probably isn't safe right now. So let's kind yeah. of share that message and all try to get on the same page that this probably isn't safe right now. Yeah. Sometimes you don't understand who you're influencing in your own bubble as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you might not look at yourself as a piercer who other piercers look up to or view their stuff and go, well, they're doing it and, and they're really good. So, so that means that I can do it. Um, you gotta, you gotta be careful, right? Like you gotta be careful what you put up. You gotta be careful how you're framing something. If you've done a nostril piercing like fucking four months ago and you're proud of it, then post it. But just say like, hey, this was done pre-COVID. I'm not currently doing nostril piercings. Mm-hmm. Or don't. You know, I'm not your dad. I can't <laughs> control what you do. <laughs> but, you're not my dad, Lee. I know. Um, so it's it's a hard road because I'm I, I can't go out there and tell. I'm not going to like comment on people being like, mm, you shouldn't be doing nose piercings kind right. of thing, right? I can yeah. think it in my head, but I, I mean me judging somebody or, or me telling somebody that the, I think that they shouldn't be doing nose piercings isn't going to stop them if they're already doing it. Yeah. If you're doing nose piercings in a pandemic about a respiratory issue, then you're going to be doing nose piercings no matter what somebody says to you. Mm-hmm. And like one thing that I would want people to realize is like when I'm saying these things to people and making suggestions, I'm doing that in a private message. I'm not trying to shame people by like posting it on their comments or like, shit posting right. on Facebook or something like that. Like if you if you see somebody doing something where you think that they could maybe do it a little bit safer or maybe they're they're doing something that's maybe inappropriate for the times, send them a private message and just kind of say like, "Hey, yes. you know, have you thought about maybe dialing back and and not offering that stuff right now and, you know, listen to their reasoning as to to why and and have a conversation. Don't just have an argument, don't try to shame or or call people out for it." Yeah. And also like if you do message somebody about that, be prepared for some sort of blowback. Yeah, sure. You know, I would uh, be right. And sure. I mean, if you want to continue arguing with those people, then continue arguing with those people. But like, if you just want to state your case and be like, okay, man, or, I'm not much of an arguer. I'm, I'm trying, yeah, I try to be more of a, a convincer. 
Um, you know, <laughs> so you're I, a I, manipulator, I, not an arguer, is what you're telling me. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think I think some people will. I think some people will get on the mask train. I just don't want them to get there too late. I don't want them to uh, just offer nostril piercings for the next month. And then the reason things have to change is because their clients get sick or their coworkers get sick or they get sick. Like I, I want to prevent this stuff from spreading, especially like I see all those articles about, Hey, there's a cluster related to some bar opening too soon. Or, Hey, there's a cluster because of a, a, a party that shouldn't have happened. Like, I don't want there to be news articles out there that say, Hey, the, this, this cluster of infections was traced back to a body art studio because that's going to make us all look bad. And that's just yeah. going to hurt us in the long run. Yeah, that's what I was I was going to mention too. It's like you're putting not a, and it hurts the entire industry. Not only that, but it hurts all of the people that work in your studio because if you get sick, that whole studio now has to be quarantined, mm-hmm. right? Like you all have to go home for two weeks. I don't I don't know how it is in the U.S., but we would all have to go home for two weeks. We'd have to get tested, and we would have to have I think it's two negative tests before we could return to work. Yeah, right. So. I don't want to have to deal with that. For an nostril piercing, you're going to, like, how pissed is your tattoo artist that your studio going to be at you because you wanted to do an nostril piercing and now sure. they can't work for two weeks after they had just not been able to work for three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a tough situation because I, I know I know the motivation is, like, people just want to feel normal again. People just want to go back to work and they want to just feel, they want to feel safe and they maybe want to create an environment where they can help their clients feel that too, but... Of course. We all have to be really careful right now. I mean, we don't have to like live in a plastic bubble, literally, you know. But uh, just something as simple as like wear a mask, have a client wear a mask. Don't let the client do something where they have to remove that mask. Yeah, and I mean, we have signage posted all over our studio about how to wear a mask or like how to use hand sanitizer and mm-hmm. what social distancing is, as if anybody doesn't fucking know by now. Well, I mean, okay, so the exact same people that were telling to, like, stop touching their face masks and stop doing this are the exact same people where you have to say it 15 times in a row, please stop touching your piercing, please stop touching your piercing, please stop touching your piercing. It's the exact same problem. People just can't stop touching things. Um, But, yeah, with just its rules, right, and its regulations, you got to do what you think is right. Um, and what you think is right should be based on some sort of evidence that you've looked at. Um, and that was like bringing it back to the whole like ear piercing thing and, and that being canceled. It, when we brought those kind of things to it where it's like, well, hairdressers are cutting around the ear. They're spending more time against people. Like they took it back to our main um, doctor, like the head doctor who my boss continuously keeps telling me is the most handsome person in the world, which I'm sure he is. Um, <laughs> But they brought it back to him, and he's like, well, I agree. Like, we can't shut down all the hairdressers, and they're allowed to work around people's ears, so what's the difference? And I know my friend uh, Six in Toronto uh, from Exotics, he was uh, talking to his health board, and they were saying it's because uh, our procedure is more invasive than a haircut. And I know Six Six then asked, is like, okay, are we talking about bloodborne pathogens, or are we talking about COVID? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because we're talking about bloodborne pathogens. You got a lot of tattoo shops. You got to close down. Yeah. Right. So that's where like the misinformation comes from with there. Like it doesn't. I with COVID, I don't think it matters that we're being more invasive because it's not a bloodborne illness. Right. It's respiratory droplets. So 
do we need to worry about the fact that we're breaking skin? I don't think so. And you think about a tattoo artist tattooing somebody's shoulder, how close are they to that person's head for like four hours? Well, if, if the if the debate is uh, you're close to their ear and you break the skin on the ear and that's the risk, it's like, well, that's all body piercings. That's all tattoos. Yeah. That's like a lot of different aesthetic services too. Yep. It's, it's sure. really... The, Waxing, it's, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Like, you know, like you said, it's... It's a it's an airborne disease that we're talking about here, and our industry is just not at all familiar with that at all. Like we we are like hard and fast a bloodborne pathogens based industry when it comes to like risk assessment and risk management, right. uh, and we've never had to deal with with an airborne illness as like a, a the leading risk with with our practices. So. It's a whole new it's a whole new way to look at it and think of it. I'm sure health departments are just trying to protect people, but since they don't really know our industry, uh, they're probably just making blanket statements. Yeah, and I mean, they can know our industry for sure, but but they have to be approached in like a, an educational form because a lot of people are very like the health board is the enemy. Like fuck the health board, they don't know what they're talking about. I was like, of course they don't know what they're talking about. I don't know how to inspect a restaurant. Right. Right. Like that's like your job is not their job. You're, of course, you're going to know more. So why don't you help them? Right. Like they can do stuff for you, but you have to be the person that educates them and be that in the nicest way that you possibly can, because nobody wants to be educated by a fucking asshole. Well, We've all had teachers that we hate. Yeah. And they were just trying to teach us stuff, but they were dicks. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that that's. Um, that's a skill set that I, I don't think enough piercers have is number one, they don't know who they need to talk to, to change minds. And number two, they don't know how to talk to them. So, right. you know, as an example in New Hampshire, uh, uh, we had tattoo shops and tattooers who were signing, who were, who were making like move on.org petitions. And it was like, reopen New Hampshire tattooing, sign this petition. And it's like, yeah, but but who's going to read it? Who's going to yeah. care? Like, you can't just have people sign a list and expect that magic is going to happen. Like, you have to know who you talk to at the health department, who you talk to in your legislature, like, who you talk to that makes the decisions. And you have to, if they don't have the right information, if they're making decisions based off of the wrong information, you have to give them the right information. You have to, like, talk to them, uh, ask them for their input and and you know, hopefully give them some, some input. And I, I feel like that's really something that a lot of body piercers, they're, they're not familiar with yet because uh, sometimes people are just like, well, you know, maybe the APP can help or maybe somebody else will get it done eventually. But right. like, if you want to see change, especially if you're in a, a, a municipality where you have a local health department for your city or, or something like that, um, call them. There's probably a person that you can talk to and ask questions and, and give feedback. But if you just kind of like shout into the wind, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And as, as like, as great as the APP is and as much work as they do, like, and I'm a member of that, but they're not a union. Mm -hmm. They're not there to be like, you. I mean, I'm sure they would try to help you and give you as much information as you possibly could, but you can't call up the APP and be like, Hey, my health board is trying to shut me down. Can you make them not? Yeah. Well, right? I mean, there there is a, a legislative committee, but the problem is that 
they're not local. They don't know that market. Exactly. They might not have any connections with with your health department. So they can try to just make a cold call and be like, "Hey, what's up? Do you know? Do you want us as a resource?" But yeah. that's that's not going to be as effective as someone who knows the city uh, and then has like a working relationship. Like if if I have a thing with the health board, um, I know who to call. I know who to contact. I know the office to email. I, I know where to go on their website to to read news and updates and. You know, any sort of uh, posts about when meetings will be like, you have to stay engaged with this stuff if you want to make positive change. Yes. And it's all going to, like you said, it's all going to be personalized to your region or your health board, all that kind of stuff, right? Like things can be different health board to health board, like we're seeing with Ontario, where I'm allowed to do ear piercings as it stands today. Uh, that might change again. Who fucking knows. Um, but still... Um, People in Niagara, people in Toronto, or their health boards are steadfast saying that they're not allowed to, and they won't change. Well, talk about that a little bit. So, how did you how did you get uh, ear piercing uh, allowed in your area? Did they issue like an actual order, or did you just get an email back saying like, yeah, we don't see a problem with that, and that will kind of be your shield if it if it becomes an issue again? So, I got an email back basically saying yes that like we I took your um, what you said about hairdressing and and. Uh, the misnomers in the kind of the like the contradictions in the actual the writings that they had put out uh, to the, the head doctor and he agreed he's like yeah like there's there's absolutely no reason why this can't be done safely if both people are wearing a mask um, so then they said that because of that like he said that we could do ear piercings again and they will be putting an amendment to that on the website that's great right so that's awesome um, but then again, I talked to six last night and he was saying he was talking to his health board person. And then he was talking to the actual Ontario health board person and that she was saying that, oh no, they can't do that. They can't override Ontario's thing because it's not regional, even though mm -hmm. that we've, we've been being told since like our premier said that we will be opening up uh, things regionally, not provincially. Yeah. Because Toronto still has like a hotspot kind of, and Windsor had a hotspot, right? So we need to open things differently. We can't open the entire province, and we can't keep the entire province closed if like London, Middlesex, where I am, has like four active cases. There's no reason to keep an entire region closed because Toronto has a lot, which is like two and a half hours away. Sure, but I mean, right. obviously, they're going to have more because they have a, a more people, much larger population. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully if you set some sort of precedent for your region, that can maybe be used uh, to, to show other areas like, hey, you know, they had they had a drop in cases. It's manageable there. Mm. Uh, this should be permitted. I, I, I'm totally on board with noses and mouths, but I, I, yeah, I, me too. I completely at, baffles me that they would say no ear piercings also. And I would imagine that piercers who are already hurting on income because of the nose are just really screwed when you add ears into that equation too. Yeah, and all those Iowa piercers that are hurting because of no eyebrow piercings would be. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> Down in the thing of Fago and getting an eyebrow piercing. <laughs> uh, that's accurate. Um, well, uh, any good news? going on that you that you can that you want to talk about like are, are you are you back to like lasering also yeah yeah oh yeah my laser clients are all back i mean they were all like i had to rebook probably about almost 60 of them mm. um which was fun 
and chasing them down and all, nobody wants to come in and do it because it sucks right um but it was it's good everybody's back uh the laser's fine it still works which i was <laughs> i turned it on in three months and as soon as i had somebody in the chair i was like oh fuck <laughs> hope this thing turns on um but yeah laser's good the piercing i just renovated our piercing room which it looks a lot better now uh, it's actually got more than one coat of paint on there we moved into the shop five years ago and I've been trying to get time to renovate that piercing room for five years and just wasn't getting around to it. And then I had all the time in the world. So got yeah. it done. I had so many projects that I wanted to do and I got exactly none of them done. <laughs> oh, Ryan. I just, ugh, it just, <laughs> ugh. well, okay. So I, I, I've been getting things done, but they're all things that I have to do. And none of it is things that I want to do. It's all like, well, uh, okay, shit, we're opening, I guess. So, like, you know, I got to do all this and I got to, you know, environmental changes and basically, yeah. like, stripping down my entire waiting room to the point where there's just one chair, you know, and it's just really sad and creepy, you know, and uh, all these different things, you know, tightening up security and getting all this new PPE and then doing training and retraining and retraining and retraining and uh, yeah. all that stuff. So I, I, I did not get all the... Uh, the extra projects. I, I didn't get any of the, I wanted to repaint. I wanted to work on inventory. I wanted to make a better web shop. I wanted to do all this stuff. Didn't, didn't do any of it, but you cooked some good meals. So I did. I, I finally figured out how to make sourdough bread. Nice. So, so yeah. did half the world, but I know <laughs> I, I was late to the sourdough party. Uh, I did not cook sourdough bread. Not well, once did I do it. I should have still time. There's still time. Only. Well, I'm back to work now, right? The magic is gone. Yeah, but don't worry. That second outbreak will be coming soon. Oh, my God. I'm I'm, I'm totally dreading that, you know? Like, uh, with, with the way things are going in the states anyway, uh, uh, three of the states that were, like, pushing for early reopening are all having really significant outbreaks right now. And in the northeast, we're, we're mostly fine, but I just get nervous. You know, you start easing those restrictions, and those numbers are going to start ticking back up again. Of course. Um, not like Canada has been, I mean, Canada has done a pretty good job the entire time, but it's also a huge country with not a lot of people in it. Yeah. Like our population. And I'd say your population is probably more polite overall. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the whole Canadians are polite thing is kind of an overdone stereotype, I think. I mean, Canada has its issues with racism and all that kind of stuff, just like everywhere else. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I always kind of like, I'm also an immigrant to this country. So, I mean, talking down the country that I'm, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the whole, all Canadians are polite thing is, I don't know. There, there's nice Canadians for sure. But I mean, there's those same nice Canadians might not be nice to everybody. Yeah. It might be well, nice Well, thanks. To thanks for shattering. Thanks for shattering that illusion for me. Lee. No problem. The geese being dicks is a real thing though. They're all dicks. Oh yeah. No, fuck Canadian geese. Yeah. <laughs> Canada gooses. <laughs> Canada gooses. Um, yeah, that's Canada. I just don't know, like, with second waves and, and all that kind of stuff with, with Canada. I hope that the people can continue this, but it's it's a lot harder for the states. Canada has an overall population that is less than California as a state. Hmm. So we just don't have the people to, to spread something like this, right? Like, it will spread, but it will spread within the rural communities. And once it's under control there, there's, there's really nowhere else for it to go. Um, whereas in America, there's like a city every six seconds. Right. 
and it's just tons and there's like 350 million people in America. It's nuts. That's it's way too many people. I agree. Um, Let's send some of them to Canada. We can we can equalize nope. it a little bit. Borders yeah. closed. All right, fine. <laughs> and that's I don't know what's going to happen with uh, like I don't know when we're going to be able to get back to to APP conferences and stuff like that either, right? Yeah. Well, I you know I I I'll hope that there's there's something better on the horizon for for next year so that we can start traveling again. I am I'm at my wits end just trying to see Lola, my girlfriend, because of course. she lives in Glasgow and it's like ugh, it, that's just a whole thing on its own. What, living in Glasgow? Well, yeah, that too. Like, you know, <laughs> the impending peril of just like getting stabbed or headbutted at any moment. <laughs> oh, Glasgow. Yeah. That's where my my mom's family's from, where my family's from. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. My mom's from Glasgow and uh, East Kilbride. Okay. Which is even worse. I'll, I'll take your word for it. You ask Lola about that. <laughs> okay, what's it called again? East Kilbride. Okay, well, she'll be listening East to the podcast. So. East yeah. Kilbride. Yeah. Well, I mean, with a name like Kilbride, I mean. <laughs> yep. At least it's not West Kilbride. It's way worse there. I don't know. East Ends are usually the worst ones. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Canada, well, anyways. I don't know about the States. The East End are always the, the bad parts of cities. Okay, well, now I know. Now you know. Stay out of the East End. Yeah. We'll get you. Uh, I feel like this conversation is running off the rails. Probably a little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Okay, well, let, this is a good place to tie it up then, I think. Uh, cool. So, do you have any uh, do you have any advice for other piercers out there that might be frustrated? Uh, is it really just kind of like a, just stick with it, you know, we're all in this together, or is it like, you know, take action and, and do this? I mean, take action. Like, you... You can either have something presented to you from a health board and take it and roll over and die, or you can ask them why, right? Like, they, if they're going to be um, giving you protocols, they at least need to be able to also give you the data to back up why they're giving you those protocols. If my health board was like, you can, we just found out you can catch COVID through the ears, I'd be like, cool, I'm not doing ear piercings then, I guess. Like, <laughs> I get it, right? But they couldn't give me anything. That's so you just ask them, like, don't push back like a dick, uh, but ask them some questions. Be like, okay, can you clarify why this is the way that it is and, and how it's any different from other personal service industries that are opening? Like, don't go comparing your business to an ice cream vendor or a grocery store or anything like that, because those aren't in your realm of services. Mm-hmm. But like hairdressers, all that kind of stuff, they'll have similar rules. They should have similar rules anyways, because they want to lump us in with those with those serve personal service settings. So ask questions, get informed, be nice, um, offer to educate, talk to your health board and they're part of your job. So you you might as well have some sort of a relationship with them. Well, uh, that seems very fair and measured Lee. And, uh, thanks. I'm threatened by that. So now I have to get angry over it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you talking to me, especially after a, a long day at work. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so uh, what's your uh, social media and shop info again? So Legacy Tattoo in London, Ontario, Canada. Uh, the shop Instagram is Legacy Tattoo London. And uh, my Instagram is Lee underscore Horton, if you want to follow me there. And uh, wear a mask. 
please. Just wear a mask. Just yeah. fucking wear a mask. <laughs> just, just wear <laughs> the goddamn mask. Just do I it. think you know what I think people should do is I think they should get custom screen printed masks that just have a picture of their face on it. Sure, yeah, that's not creepy See? at all. It's a million dollar idea. Totally. Yeah. You market that. You can make up for all the lost nostril piercing revenue. Yeah, I'll get right on it because I've got all that money to invest right now. <laughs> Yeah. All right, bud. Uh, All right, I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Alrighty. Bye, bye. See ya. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Lee. I think that was a great amount of information for people. I know it's frustrating right now. Uh, I want to be doing nostril piercings real bad. I've got a waiting list with like a hundred something people on it every day. I'm just fielding phone calls. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We can't offer that right now. We, we, we don't know when we'll be able to offer that. But what I don't want to do is go, uh, you know, breaking those rules and say like, I know we're not allowed to do this, but like, I'll do it on the side because, you know, I got bills to pay. Uh, I understand financial pressure. I don't want to seem like I'm judging people, but uh, just try to, I don't know, be, be a good example. If you're posting stuff on Instagram, uh, really think about who's seeing it. It might not just be the local client down the street. You might have uh, an impact, whether it's positive or negative, on someone far away from you. So be the best example you can be when it comes to social media. Uh, other stuff that I've got uh, floating out there, uh, I'm working on uh, a class for the uh, APP's online educational event this summer. Um, and, and when I say I'm working on it, basically I'm watching Lola Slider do all the work. And uh, I'm giving input, but I'm so fatigued and worn down from things that have been happening at my shop that I, I haven't really been doing uh, really my part to, to help out. So I really do fully appreciate Lola picking up the slack and being amazing just in general. I just want to take a minute to just talk about how amazing my, my girlfriend is, but not just my, my girlfriend. Like I don't want to reduce it to something like that. Like as a professional, she's so smart. Uh, she's so gifted and she knows that the information that she wants to deliver, she researches that material to make sure that there's a, there's verifiable evidence supporting the, the claims and she's doing an awesome job of putting together tons of information. So I, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this subject just yet, but within a week or two, we can like fully unveil it. But, uh, if, if any of you take this class and you think it's a good class, realize that Lola is doing all the heavy lifting for this class. So thank you very much, Lola, for, uh, you know, just being an amazing professional and, uh, an awesome girlfriend too. Uh, I would really like to be able to fly to see you or have you fly to see me, but we can't do that right now. So I will just compliment you on a podcast. Um, I still got Patreon out there. If you're interested in all my classes, just the way Patreon works is you get charged the day you sign up and then you get charged on the first of every month. So if you're listening to this and it's the end of June, just wait a couple of days. Wait till July 1st if you want to sign up for my Patreon at this point. But I've got a bunch of different classes on there. Uh, the Bevel Theory Workshop it has been really popular on there. A lot of people have been saying that that's a, a kind of a game changer for them once they start to really get it with Bevel Theory. Um, so there's a, there's a half hour video on there where I kind of show some of the different techniques and exercises that you can practice at home on a, on a banana peel, uh, not a client, and you can start to build some familiarity and comfort with it. And I've got a bunch of other classes on there and stuff, blah, blah, blah. You've heard me talk about it before. So uh, I am going to stop talking now, I suppose. But thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week to talk about something else. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook.
For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.